0: Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Joel Dodson, the co-owner of TSV Sound and Vision. Uh, Joel, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Steve, thanks for having me. Very glad to be here.
0: I I, um, was excited to hear a little bit more about what you do because the idea of events has been on my mind a lot lately in the nonprofit sector. But um, before I dive in with some questions about that, could you just uh, tell a little bit about what TSV is, what you do?
1: Well, TSV Sound and Vision is, of course, an audiovisual uh, and light, lighting and events production company. Uh, we are an AV vendor, um, to classify me in in that sort of industry. Um, but uh, one role that I play, uh, especially here in, in our St. Louis branch, is uh, I work very closely with a lot of nonprofit organizations uh, to help them achieve um, not only their dreams or their hopes for the next event, but also how that can play into um uh fundraising and and those types of financial goals that that event is associated with
0: right and as much as charities love to get together just because it's fun um we don't put on very large scale big events uh only for that purpose you know we're that is really exactly to- right. Yeah, we're trying to make connections with people about the missions that we're supporting here. Um, and usually, one of the ways that that connections helps is to um, raise some you know more money than it costs to do the event. Um, it is not, I, I think, an uncommon expectation. However, if you're going to get into a larger scale event where you're maybe um, hiring some outside help to do good lighting, good sound, record some video, all those things, show video, um, that first event might not make money. Um, you know, it really depends on what you're doing. But let before we jump into the big event, let's just kind of talk a little bit about um, nonprofit events in general and and where that trend is going. Because I think that there was a time, uh, you know, 20 years ago when when uh, everybody sort of expected um, you will at some point want to create a, a gala-style large-scale event. Um, but the intermediate steps between here and there are not always as clear. So if you're working with a smaller organization that's kind of stepped into the space for the first time um, how do you help them examine what's the right entry point for them to create some energy around what they do by getting people together in person
1: that's a great question and um, I like to call that um, a nonprofit organization's springboard year and the reason why I call it that is because it's technically it's it's the equivalent of sort of dipping a toe in the water, not jumping fully and not getting on that diving board and jumping (laughs) right in. It's dipping, just dipping into the water. So that springboard year is because we're taking that little step on the springboard and then hopefully launching it because the goal is to look toward future years, not look at this year's sort of investment in new things, but looking at how that plays out in um, a five-year plan or a three-year plan. Uh, And so that's a great question. So I work with a lot of smaller nonprofit organizations and we talk through this. um, And this is, it's it's a frequent question I, I get. I would say that really the emphasis needs to be placed on uh, making sure that the the participants that will be attending the event can see um, graphics clearly. So if there's a fund a need or a silent auction or even just a live auction, we want to make sure that can people see and hear clearly. And the reason why that's important is I think because we've all been to or been a part of what we might call a grassroots or DIY type of event, and Maybe there's not a sound system. Maybe there's certainly not a projection system. So you know, it's kind of like, hey, everybody, let's you know, let's quiet down, and uh, we're going to now kind of start the program. And of course, there are always those calls to a- action in a ballroom too. But when you have when you have two big projection screens and you got a big loud sound system, you can drop the music down, turn the mic up, and get those get those graphics up on the projection screens and really capture the audience, uh, in a different way. And so it, it, it really sets the mood that it's not just a DIY. We didn't just cobble this thing together. We're trying to get your attention. Um, and especially with a fund to need, there is something, uh, very special about putting up a figure that is a fund to need, uh, figure. Hey folks. we'd like to draw your attention to the screen. Is there anybody in the audience that can give $5,000 tonight? And Mm -hmm. here's what $5,000 actually will will help us achieve this year. And when you see that up on that projection screen and you just let it, you just let that moment hang in the air, it's a very different um, call to action um, than just saying, hey, you know, is anybody in the house gonna, you know, could they give $5,000? it's different. Um, and so I, I do think that the video and, and audio just in a, let's just call it utilitarian, uh, uh I guess a utilitarian use is, is still very beneficial. Um, and that's not talking about all the lighting or a light show or a, a, some kind of activation or a photo booth or this, you know, really, it's just kind of, that's really what we're kind of stripping it down to is, you know, just a video and audio.
0: So before people get to those the stages, though, I mean, um, presumably they've had that maybe it was more of a DIY event or maybe they haven't done a lot of events yet. But how do you know you're ready to go into the expense and the time commitment of doing that thing where it really does make sense to get the two big screens to to have external lighting brought in or use a lighting grid in a in a professional events facility or whatever it might be? But um, I think going from cold start to that seems like a lot. There's got to be some interim steps, uh, I would think, that most folks would want to go. Yeah, we've done the luncheon and we've had, you know, 200 people. Um, so we, we, we know we can get some people that come to some things um, before we start thinking about this. Um, or do some organizations that you work with go right from the kind of cold start to, we haven't done event-based stuff yet, but we think we're ready for these reasons. How do you know if they're ready? So that that's a that's a great that that's a great que- question. So what I find
1: is how an organization drives their registration uh, and what those forecasts are, whether it be via Facebook or it could be a direct email back and forth. Hey, you know we're coming. Our board is going to bring uh, from this organization. We're going to bring five folks, or we're going to buy out a table, or mm-hmm. um, this company came up uh, this and sponsored the event. They're going to buy three tables, or you know you, you can kind of see how that can go. But honestly the venue once an organization is starting to look and consider a different venue that's when you need that's sort of the that's like the litmus test of like we need to start thinking about how we're approaching this event um if you know if an organization got a free let's just use a a fellowship hall let's say they 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 got sure. a free fellowship, but, but fellowship hall from a church the the church was kind that enough to donate yeah <laughs> kind enough to do, to donate that for the evening that's great if you have one year when you are bursting at the seams at that fellowship hall, that's an indication that next year you're going to be talking about some serious AV stuff. Because what that means is that you have done a great job in exhausting that free resource because you utilized it to the full potential. And there, that is great. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's wonderful when, um, we see small organizations that are utilizing maybe a, a, a reduced cost or free space. But what we want to see is like, oh, no, how are we going to fit all these people into this space next year? So you kind of want to look at next year while you're planning this year. So like if last, if last year, let's say an organization had 200, 200 folks, uh, the year before that, they had 190. So we're going to say this is about a 200 person event. So we're expecting 200 folks this year um, and then we get registration. So then let's, so let's, let's then flash forward to the that, a third year, that third year they're expecting 200 people, but for some reason the registration is driving. That's going to get like 300 folks. Hmm. Generally what we would see is that those folks will, that organization will probably have that 300 person event or 250 or 275 person event in that same room. They're going to pack that place. They're going to crowd it out, and while they're doing that event, they need to be thinking next year is going to be awesome because we're going <laughs> to we're going to get a hotel ballroom and we're going to blow it out. So it takes a little patience. You know what I mean? It's you're almost planning for the next one as soon as the as soon as the current one is going on. <laughs>
0: Well, and th- this actually leads to something I really wanted to talk with you about in particular is the amount of energy and um, time that goes into putting together a successful larger scale event, that if you've looked at what you had to do to just kind of um, fill the fellowship hall kind of thing um, and, and thought about that, now we're not just talking about inviting more people and whatnot, but we're probably talking about a much more sophisticated sponsorship relationship for the event, um, a lot more um, competition for what those spaces may be booking and working with event staff at those organizations much further out, more commitment. Um, being able to do something like this uh, is something that you just can't throw together two months ahead of time. So um, when somebody's considering that, you know, more gala style evening, um, maybe more formal, who knows about that, but, but a bigger thing, um, how do you start talking with them about timeframes, about what does it look like to start working on that?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, generally I like to get about a six month, um, lead out time, uh, six months, six months before this upcoming event, uh, to start talking about what does your sponsorship look like? What's your registration drive looking like? Where are you sitting with your figures? Um, you know, and what did you love about last year's event? What did you hate about last year's event? And then what, uh, to your point with the sponsor's You know, that's something we didn't talk about. The utilitarian use and purpose of big projection screen TVs or projection uh, uh, screens in a a ballroom or in any sort of nonprofit event. One of the main uses of that is to take care of your sponsors. Mm -hmm. Let's put a sponsor reel up there before dinner, before the event, during dinner, after the event, because we want to make sure that the organization communicates ways to their sponsors that say, "We are going to take care of you. We're going to make sure that people know that you helped us so much with this event." Um, those, those all, those kind of relationships can look a different way too. Obviously, per event and per organization, uh, we do what we do. See a lot of sponsor reels. Um, another kind of clever thing is uh, we'll make what they call gobos, which are you know glass or metal slides that would go into a large um, light fixture, and then those logos of mm. those sponsor. Those sponsorship uh, um, uh, organizations, um, those logo, logo logos are just—they're just on projected on the walls or on the ceiling or whatever throughout the entire night. It's a very cool, uh, very neat way to take care of sponsors. But yeah, you bring up a really good point. You got to take care of sponsors. So as the event goes up, you know, you would hope an organization wants to draw in more uh, attention from potential sponsors. So just giving them an outlet to say, "This is how we're going to take care of you." Um, yeah, that's, that's, it's huge.
0: I think it's important for uh, charities to recognize that if you are uh, pursuing an event like this, mostly one of the things I think a lot of organizations are thinking about is that there are dollars on the table for sponsoring events that are not going to be made as charitable contributions that are coming out of marketing departments of for-profit organizations. They are not coming out of foundations. They're not coming out of the corporate giving, but it's a totally different pool. So the idea of we need to um, consider who we're asking... Sometimes people, if they're coming into this newer, are thinking, well, we don't want to cannibalize our existing giving. We don't want to um, just redirect money that had been supporting programs into supporting an event. Uh, But they have to start thinking differently. But I think that means pretty early in order to lock up the relationships that you need to um, pay for this. Because the goal, in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that at least every single cost is covered before the event opens up. Um, You know, kind of a minimum of we know we can't lose money. Um, so the sponsors have covered the cost of the ballroom and the food and the, you know, what whatever other, you know, the, the professional AV setups, anything else that you need, is covered by sponsorship money that's already committed. Now, when you sell tickets and when you get auction items and when you do all those other things, that's where for sure the money is coming in to support the mission. Hopefully, of course, there's even more sponsorship. So that covers some of that mission cost too. But it seems to me you don't want to be getting into one of these things if you're thinking, well, we have to have X ticket sales just to break even um, because that means the amount of money that you're actually taking home isn't going to be very substantial. Um, And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on, on those areas of the budgeting part.
1: No, I think, I think you're, you're exactly right. I I think um, it's really important to um, know how to manage uh, a sponsorship relationship. And, you know, with a sponsorship, uh, they would like to see that, hey, you know, we are represented here and we took care of the event and we're going to be well represented. And I, and so, you know, it's important to know how to manage those things. And yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you want to you wanna be more in a position where with every additional commitment to every additional commitment to let's say uh a a fund a fund a need or something like like that you just see those you see that 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 figure figure go up and you just think this is this is just great we're net we're adding even more for next year's you know, to, to to carry on our work for mm-hmm. the following year. How great is that? It's it is a it's a it's a salty taste to feel like with every commitment in, on during a fund to need. You're like, okay, great, we're one step closer to clearing the budget for this <laughs> right. for this event. You, know, you just don't want to be in that position. Um,
0: now, I will say at that least, there, before we Before I ask you to move sure. further though, at least for subsequent years, although I, I think it's important to recognize maybe year one you are just shooting to break even, uh, to not lose money. And um, that's, I think, or maybe you're going to lose a little bit of money, but to establish an event in a very crowded market space for this kind of thing um, is a long-term strategy. It is not, you know, I'll, I'll do a big event this year, make a big bunch of money, and then I want to do this again. Um, but rather, if, if you're thinking about building building... building relationships with those sponsors where they know to come back to, you, they know to budget for you in the future, they know that they can count on seeing X number of people that they really want to be in touch with at your event. All of those things take time to arrange. And if you're going to get into this, um, then I think year one isn't going to be the year where you're putting a lot of money back into the kitty to support the program work. But, you know, year two, a little bit more, year three, year four, we start seeing, I would think, returns. But this is a long game play, right? That's,
1: that's exactly right. So I think you are exactly correct in, um, in, you know, when you, when you say really your focus for year one needs to be as kind of a catalyst, right? To sort of springboard Mm -hmm. this into, um, sort of a, I, and I don't want to use, I hate to use the word or the term rinse and, and repeat, but you want to springboard this into a, a tradition. Let's say that yeah. you want to springboard this into a, a fundraising tradition. And, um, year one, you may be pulling that kicking and screaming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you, Hey, if you end up way on top, That's great. It just means that that year two is going to be even easier, you know. And so then you you you're sort of you're sort of expediting that 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 process. And I think a three year plan is, is really wise. I think it's really wise to be thinking about no shorter than a three year plan. And then then a five year plan is just right in line with like, you know, we're we're going to keep our heads down. We're doing the great work we're doing. We 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 like we we rely on this event to carry us through five-year plan is really if you if you have that that mindset a five-year plan is going to be the way to go three-year if you if if you're seeing some great figures within a three-year plan I think you're doing great I think you're doing great um but I I did want to say another thing that we do see and that this could be to maybe offset costs or it could be maybe something popped up within the financial year that was an additional cost. We see a couple one-off fundraising events with a lot of our organizations, which are maybe a small trivia night. Uh, Maybe it's a uh, uh, sort of what they would call like a, um, like a night at the uh, horse races, you know, where it's like, it's a little more informal, um, but it's still, you know, Trying to uh, uh, you know gather a little bit more fundraising, but the goal is is a generally what we see is the 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 goal for the for the fun uh, funding is is usually much lower. Um, but we we find that that is in the form of a trivia night, a music trivia, uh, horse races, something like that, and that that usually happens mid year, and um, and that's either to uh, to recoup some costs associated with maybe a larger event or Maybe a new building or maybe a new department, or it's something that just popped up um, in the organization that, hey, you know, we should probably take care of this. This has been a financial need. let's we
0: should we should work
1: to take care of that, and it's usually a smaller event.
0: Well, and those combination of styles of events, I think, um, helps accomplish the goals of we're, we're trying to build a community around a mission here. Um, and, the, you know, it's, it's great to see the Facebook posts and get the emails and send the postal letters and all that stuff. But if you're not in the same room with people that are excited about the same uh, nonprofit mission that you're excited about, um, you know, your your connection to that is a little bit more tenuous. You might be um, going, I love what they do, but I've got 63 other asks that, that are sitting in front of me and I, I have to make a decision somewhere along the line. So if I don't have that really tight, right, I I go to that thing every year and I want to feel like I'm I'm in with those people and I want to keep my relationships and it makes sense as opposed to, well, this other organization, I I never go to events with them. I don't really know anybody over there. If I drift off from the donor pool, you know, that's kind of a drag, but it's not something that impacts me as much. So as as challenging as events can be to do, the, the purpose isn't just do they bring dollars in this year, but do they give a chance for people that believe in what you do to get together with each other, to see staff, board members, all that stuff, but to really feel that sense of community. Sometimes that's the much more casual, trivia night thing, which is a lower cost of entry easier to staff and and pull together um, but you know sometimes the it the the opportunity for the the big more expensive more fun night out thing is there um, but and I, I do want to kind of get back to this part. The staff commitment on all of these things you know, has to be considered. And, and I think that half the time when people put together budgets, they look at the cost of the venue, how much are they going to cost to um, you know, contract with TSV to get this kind of work done, how much is catering? And then they look at how much we have to raise and not going how much of our staff time in the last year has gone into chasing sponsorships that have you know, been meeting after meeting or phone call after phone call or uh, planning what we're going to be doing to solicit the uh, um, auction items and all those things that have to happen to make a really successful event. Um, I think that far too often that doesn't get written down as a hard cost, but, but I think it needs to be part of what you think about in the total success and cost of events
1: absolutely i mean i, th- I think that's uh, that's a really great point uh people's time their commitment to not only the cause of the organization but also you know the actual time you know we need right we need so-and-so to drive over to this spot and pick this person up and pick up this many supplies and, co- and, you know, and then go over here. And then we would love for you guys to, you know, the volunteers to start setting up at this time and don't forget coat check. And then we got a valet and there's a lot of stuff to do, you know, even with a small event, just like you said, there's a lot of stuff to do. And, um, you know, organizations do rely a lot on, um, you know, on the volunteer force within the group to help. Pull things together. And, you know, but it is a real, it is a real uh, cost to consider because, you know, what if you, what, what if you have an event on a Saturday night and it goes way long or a Sunday, you know, what if, what if those folks really, they just can't make it into work on Monday (laughs) because they've been, they've been working really hard over the weekend. Well then now we just, we just pushed the labor force that probably would have been doing some good work on a Monday. Probably should give them a break, and then yep. that that throws the week off right so um all those things can kind of it's a game of jenga here you know they they yeah. the block comes out of the bottom and goes to the top well, you still have the same amount of blocks you just moved them right. so um yeah, I think that's a really good point too, so you have to kind of manage that and, and with a you know with an a v ven- vendor uh like myself, you know we need to understand you know hey for this large event or small event um what's, what's the, um, what's the volunteer commitment from the organization that I can factor in to keep my costs down? Or if there's not much of a, a a volunteer force there, maybe I do have to uh, bolster the, uh, the setup, operate and tear down time um, for this particular event with, with my own crew, because I know that the organization is just not able to commit to any, uh, to, to a lot of labor force. So it is a give and take. It's a, it, it is a, you know, it is kind of a process of figuring out really what, what the expectations are versus what the availability of, of that, that labor is. So um, that's a great point, though. It really is, because that can transfer to literal dollars and cents if that has to come back to an AV vendor for them to help with, with some of that stuff.
0: So if a charity has committed to, we're going to do this thing, we're going to um, really think about year one as our establishing year. We're going to think about you know maybe a little bit of growth in two, but really give ourselves some time to get up there. They've got all those things. Now they've got to deal with a very crowded market space. There's a lot of established organizations that have done annual events where uh, they've already got some sponsors committed. Presumably they're going to continue to try and keep them committed. Um, some of those are, are falling off. Some events are are going to stop happening as, as maybe the whole nonprofit goes away, but, you know, but mostly it, it's a more stable space. So introducing something new into a specific community, um, is a challenge to get the mind share, let alone the sponsorship money and all the rest of the stuff that makes it successful. So, um, how do you help people envision a little differentiation around the event, as opposed to, it's the same format that you've seen the last six times you've been to one of these things. We're doing exactly the same deal. There's gotta be some way of, if you're introducing a new one, one, how do you make that something that's a little unique and a little bit more um, eye-catching to both potential sponsors and to the uh, attendees that you're trying to reach
1: that yeah so so I would say first and for, foremost I kind of uh, subscribe to the school of don't be afraid of a theme <laughs> we we have kind of gotten in this pattern where we're really scared of themes because Themes can be so quickly can become very cheesy or or very trite or, or whatever. Um, but I would say, don't be afraid of a theme. And, um, and then from there, I, I think it's just a matter of how much financially are we willing to invest in the theme versus let's just go back to the utilitarian stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a, you know, if it's a uh, if it's a, seven, a 70s, you know, theme, how much are we willing to invest in, in like a disco or 70s vibe versus let's just do some, let's just make a cool invitation that looks kind of 70s and let's just do the standard, you know, let's just invest into the utilitarian just projector and screen. Let's just make sure they can see. Maybe we'll do a couple little lights here and there, or are we just going to do a full, we, we want, uh, we want, wrapped uh light columns with with uh and then a mirror ball that comes down and all this stuff i mean obviously you can see just as just, just between you and i talking about this right now you can see how those those things can scale up pretty quickly depending on on uh utilitarian versus thematic so i think that's another reason why people kind of get a little uh uh they kind of shy away from things is because i think there there can be a tendency to not want to see how far the rabbit hole goes with this. But let's not get carried away. So I I understand, but I would say don't be afraid of a theme. And then number two, um, we use the term activation. Activation is a is a is a is a uh a big a big industry term now. And really what that means is like, what are we going to do in this space that transforms this space into a unique kind of moment in time? For some people that's a photo booth. Um Uh, For some, it's, you know, it it looks a different way, but um, we've been going more toward like the, what if we brought in a car? What if, what, what if one of your sponsors is a car rental company? I'm sure they would be happy to bring a car in. What if we put cameras all around the car and did carpool karaoke? it didn't cost anybody anything because the sponsor was more than happy to give, you know, to bring the car in. They can wrap it with whatever they want. They can put their, their brand on there, you know? Um, And then we're doing an activation where people want to stay after the event, or maybe it's before the event they want to engage. And it's a very different, it's a very different way of approaching the ballroom type of mentality um another thing we we've done is uh what if we set up a a separate projection screen and we had people play video games Hmm. you know out in the foyer but it's a huge screen or or um you know the 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 like movement activated video game stuff i mean that's a huge value add because you know it just it brings people into the space in a different way um and it's um it's just, it's a way to think outside the box to keep people from just thinking it's a normal, just run-of-the-mill run ballroom event. But of course, as you can see, again, there is the scaling. How, how far do we want to take this? But I think that those would be two, two, two you know, uh, tips would be don't be afraid of themes and then think about a unique activation
0: so if you do a theme uh is that something you think of con- carrying the same theme consistently from year to year or is it just that that that, that might change but that um that particular year's theme is going to be this and then we might do a different theme another year or how does that go' I know I've seen invitations to you know our annual such and such ball, which seems like it's being fairly consistently executed with a specific theme uh, and then you know maybe you make some investments that you just have to store in closets for three hundred and sixty four days out of the year but um but you know then you're not having to kind of reinvent or rethink all of those things if people really like it um, but on the other hand, does that get stale and then folks get less interested i'm I'm I don't know
1: yeah i i have i've found that we've seen more interest and you know success uh and participation uh from from groups when uh even though the 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 the, the gala event is always called the something gala every year it's the 2018 you know, something gala, two thousand nineteen, something gala, gala. Join us this year for eighties night. Okay. Join us this year for a night at the ballpark. Join us this. year. I found that if by incorporating the different themes each year, even though it's branded as the same event, um, people are excited to see what does this organization have up their sleeve. I mean, that at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're talking about right now is. What does your organization have up up its sleeve? Not just financially, but just creatively. What does the organization have up its up its sleeve to to provide for its participants? What what do they have in store to be so excited to share with its participants? And really, that's that's all anybody wants when they when they when they pull their car up to the to the the valet, and you know, they're like, okay, well let's get ready for this event and let's see what time can we be home? Let's see. Can we be home by 930? (laughs) Okay. Well, no, we got to, we got to talk now. Remember, we got to talk to Bob because he's okay. All right. We'll talk to Bob for 15 minutes. Okay. So 915 or 945. Okay, great. Let's, you know, really what at the end of the day. What, what we find that participants one is like, I can't wait to see what they're going to do uh, for, for tonight's event. You know, do you remember when they had that band la- last year? That was amazing. And then they had that singer that came out and and they were great. I mean, you want people talking about the last year's event as they walk into this year's event. And, and, and like I said, uh, or, you know, you and I had chatted a, 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 a week, a week or so ago. And, you know, I think I said to you, the hardest thing, the hardest thing about all of this is just the coming up with the ideas, just what is in the team's head, what, what are the ideas that we can spitball out there and, and really, really move and drive to get some real creative creativity. Cause you know, at the end of the day, uh, the, the ideas and the creativity are far more valuable than just putting dollars to, you know, let's just throw money at this, at at this thing and just make them, uh, let's make a great event. It's the ideas behind it. And, you know, a lot of times you can get a more impactful event for a, a, a lot less cost-wise because your ideas were so concise and so good.
0: Well, I often talk to clients about um, the, the old aphorism, you know, you can have a good, fast or cheap pick two. Um, and exactly. if you are going to plan far enough out where you can come up with these great ideas and you're not just um, spitballing a month ahead of time going, oh, geez, who do we know that we can you know, pull off some crazy thing that will be fun for everybody, um, that volunteers can be amazing resources at this kind of thing, but that volunteer committee, uh, you know, probably doesn't get a lot of a break you know they they you know they have this successful this year's event um they they take a month off they 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 pat themselves on the back but then they probably need to be getting started on what do we need to be doing and building our time frame because i think you're right that that creativity is is really crucial. But from that, once the creative ideas are out, then it's checklists. Then it's, you know, the taskmaster of we got to have this by this date. We have to have that by that date. And somebody needs to put that together way early. If you're going to make it by with the creativity and spitballing, as opposed to big, big, big budgets. So um, I think that, thinking about these things in terms of how long ahead do you have to start planning? They may not need to engage your technical expertise until maybe six months out, but they might need to be doing a lot more work on that earlier than just six months ahead of an event. If they're really going to take advantage of what nonprofits have to bring to the table here, the volunteer core, um, the the passion of those people to give the extra time. But those things, you know, when you're using volunteers, especially they take a, a lot of time to, coordinate and put together and boy getting that that timeline together at the right time allows that creativity to really sing
1: you are absolutely right you know it, it does feel like and i i'm i'm involved in a couple um larger events like that where it feels like as soon as they say thank you good night we're like okay so should we meet next week to talk about things about <laughs> next year's event I mean it's 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 pretty wild so you are exactly right Um, one thing that came to my mind while you were mentioning that was a source of creative thought can be driven by what sponsors you're wanting to go go Hmm. toward and what they have to offer you just just because they do it you know the the rental car thing is a great example because it's like they'd be I'm sure they'd be happy to to send out a you know a car. It didn't cost them anything to do that. Um I uh I was working with a group that had recently opened a a a, a cafe as part of their organization's uh, uh, uh facilities. And I said to them, a prize that you could give out as sort of a raffle would be a gift card to the cafe because. It, it it really didn't cost you anything. Now, of course, there's sunk costs with you know operating the cafe, but you already had it. It's it, you just you just you just made a, a gift available that didn't cost you anything except to print out a plastic you know gift card that said you know two hundred dollars to our our cafe, and you know those types of things. If you just sit just for long enough and just think you know, what are some, what are some huge value adds that we can generate that are a little, either little to no cost to us that can, that can start, that can be the catalyst for all your, all your creative thought moving forward. If you've got one or two big sponsors, let's say one of the sponsors makes something, they have a good that they actually sell. I, that's a great place to start. Cause it just helps it just helps the organization and the uh take care of the sponsor and the sponsor to take help even you know take care of the event in a in a way that even compounds uh the organization taking care of the sponsor hey you know um this group that's going to sponsor this event tonight or is one of the sponsors they make they make um i don't know they make pens and we love their pens well let's let's put the sponsor's name on the pen and the 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 name of the of the event and the organization and give it to everybody and they you know so not only are they sponsoring the the, the event they 're also helping to brand the event with their own brand i mean there 's a lot of things that can you know you can see the wheels can turn pretty quickly. If you look to see what resources are actually in front of you, what are our resources that we can pull from that would be little to no cost. And then from there, of course, I can come in and say, Hey, we can do this. And this is, this will be a great, you know, we can do some
0: video screens and, and do I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, um, but, um, I'm just wondering about some things that may, maybe they start to get stale and, and this is something because you do a lot of events and money nonprofits will probably do one big one a year and maybe some small ones, but they don't have that level of expertise in going, is this getting a little stale now? I mean, the idea of the, the Twitter wall, you know, kind of thing where, you know, that, that, everybody hashtags and they throw something up and it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Do people still do that stuff? I haven't seen one in a little while. Did it get, you know, flash in the panty. I, I mean, do you help identify if somebody says, Hey, I went to this event four years ago and we did this thing. Could we do that? I mean, can you help them go? That still really excites people. It's a great idea. We can, here's how we can implement it. Or you know what, we've tried that a couple of times and people are really kind of, you know, not responding to that anymore. And we can give you that information. I mean, do you see things that become a little, um, disfavored, uh, that, that have got to be gimmicky? Absolutely. Uh, we do see a lot of trends,
1: and um, you know with with things being so like immediate, you know people are see things and have access to stuff so immediately. Um, we do see a lot of trends, uh, we do see those come a, a, around again, mm-hmm. or just the absence of that trend over long enough periods of time makes people kind of want to see it again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's part of a, a, that's part of the consulting process. You know, when I come in and I say, okay, uh, f- all right, folks, let's talk about this event. How many years have we done this in the past? Where are we going to be this year uh, in terms of a hotel ballroom or, or, or a venue? Where are we going to be? How many folks are going to be coming to this par- party? Uh, do we have a theme? Um, all right, so let's Let's go, and so then we we you know I I help them compile all of those ideas. I learn a little bit more about the historical sort of uh, due diligence of the event, and then uh, from there I say, okay, so uh, let me stop you right there. I I I I see you guys did a a Twitter wall last year, and that's that's great. What if we what if we did that kind of same idea, since clearly you're, you know, it sounds like you're used to doing an activation like that. What if we did this instead, and we did a video game wall, or what if we did a, you know, so you can see those conversations can start to evolve, but absolutely, that is part of my job. I want to make sure that that organization is hitting those figures as much as that organization wants to see that, and I, you know, we here at TSV, we use our experience, we use our Production photos, our uh, you know, at our, our uh, set sessions that we have after each event, what worked, what didn't work. We compile all those all those things all the time, so that when we are in a planning session for a new event, we utilize those and it could be, you know, it could be for the same organization. Hey, remember we did that thing last year and it was great. We should definitely try that again this year. I think it's going to work again. Or it could be with a new organization. Hey, you know, um, I worked with an organization that's very close to, very similar in size to yours, similar in reach to yours. They did this last year and it it just, it didn't work. Um, So, you know, maybe we should shy away from that. Or hey, you guys, they this organization that's just like like yours, they did this thing and it was awesome. I think this would be a great fit for you guys to incorporate as well. So you can see there there's a lot of, um, you know, um, collaboration, a lot of uh, uh, archiving of, of what works, what doesn't work. And of course, because we do a lot of, outside of nonprofit uh, organization work, we're seeing a lot of different things, too, that, 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 you know, new applications for video and audio and um, sy- system integration and activations that may, maybe the average nonprofit group just doesn't have access to. They don't see yeah.
0: Well, it makes a lot of sense to um, weigh those things out. Again, when your primary mission isn't doing events, but you, because I think that sense of community in addition to the fundraising goals make them attractive ideas, we've got to kind of look at that. And uh, I really appreciate what you're saying about that, that unique fun experience that if it's just the same thing, I, I too have done that. How soon can I get out of here? You know, if can, I plan for 915 or do I have to stay till 930? I totally have been there. So I appreciate that, that thought of, Um, You really want people to want to have a good time and and hang around longer. We are speaking of time just about out of time. So I want to um, ask you one more question before we wrap up just in terms of um, advice for the charity that uh, maybe hasn't done one of these yet. If you're giving them just like you're quick, you ran into them in the elevator and somebody says, oh, you do events. I'm thinking about one. What should I consider? What should I do? Do you have a, a pat answer for an organization not knowing much about them specifically yet?
1: Absolutely. I think that I I always just want to start from the, how do you take care of your participants? Hmm. And is that, if it's a small, if this is your first event, second event, just how are you taking care of them so they know what you need them to know? So that they know what your financial goals are, or they know uh, what your fund to need goals are, And so, or that they can hear the auctioneer. Can they hear this person speaking? Do you have a keynote speaker? Can they hear them? I think that that's the most important thing. That's where I always start: is how are you taking care of your participants in a way that they know what you need them to know. And you know, that's where I come in because I utilize technology to basically just help achieve that goal. But I think once they answer that. Everything else is great.
0: Great. Well, final question. If people are interested in talking with you more, how? what's the best way to reach you? Absolutely.
1: Uh, they can reach me at uh, joel.dodson at t-s-v sound So Joel is spelled J-O-E-L dot D-O-D-S-O-N at T-S-V like Tom, Sam, Victor, sound and vision That's all spelled out. And then my direct line is 314-658-9516. I'm always an email or phone call away anytime.
0: And we'll make sure to have links to that in the show notes. So uh, people take a peek at it, but I do want to thank you for taking the time to help illuminate some of this. It's a, a big area of um, sometimes mystery, sometimes success, sometimes frustration within the nonprofit sector. So always good to learn more, have more information about it. So uh, Joel Dodson, uh, co-owner at TSV sound and vision. Thank you so much for taking the time today.
1: I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, to everybody out there, um, We wish you the best in everything you do and keep doing that great work. You guys are, you guys are all great. Keep doing, keep it up.